Welcome back to the Call on Our Shot podcast. I'm Austin, joined by Logan. How are you guys doing? We are live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So if you're new to the channel, consider clicking that subscribe button. we got a lot of content to go through. We're going to talk about week 15 in the NFL, look forward to week 16, talk about our upset picks, talk about some college football games. Like I said, we got a lot going on. So if you're new to the channel, consider clicking that subscribe button. Our road to 17,000 subscribers begins now. But first off, Logan. How are you doing, my friend? And first, I do have to say, as a, before we get into you, um, the holiday season is here. This will be a last, uh, ho- our last podcast before Christmas. So, an honor. If you're celebrating <laughs> Christmas, I'll be uh, celebrating with you today, and I'll be wearing my uh, my Santa hat going forward. But Logan, how's it going? <laughs> you're you're already enough of a meme. Just putting on the hat just makes me laugh. I I don't know how I can sit here and should and I talk flip it inside you. out for a little rally cap? If I were in a bad streak for the NBA, oh here, my gosh, the rally. I'd see the rally cap days. You, you you guys know Austin's down bad when he's when he's flipping hats inside out. But to answer your original question, I'm doing great. And you know, the Santa hat, you know, is, is inspiring on the same topic. Since it is the season of giving, all you calling our shot community, if you're wondering what the perfect gift for you guys to give Austin and I, it's you hitting that subscribe button because I know a ton of you aren't subscribed to our channel. Please hit it. It is free to do so. It's a free gift to Austin and I. Just showing your your appreciation. Look. I would love to give each and every one of you Christmas gifts. Maybe I can one day uh, when when calling our shots on the moon. Maybe, maybe we can do that. But that is true. Nonetheless, we appreciate you. How are you doing, buddy? Um, I'm doing pretty well. It's been a uh, it's been a good week in the NFL so far. As we are recording this before the Tuesday night football games start, so we just started. The games actually just kicked off, so we have no idea what happens in those two games. We'll talk about it probably next week, and maybe we'll assess you know the futures of both those teams. Hopefully, no no injuries or anything happens, but. I'm pretty good. We got a lot to go through. Like I said, Christmas is coming right around the corner. All the holidays, the New Year's only what ten days away. It's it's been ridiculous. I'm looking forward to doing my like year recap of the Colin Our Shot channel because just yeah. a spoiler, I believe a year ago today we were sitting at around I don't know 23 subscribers. So <laughs> we're at 17, almost 17,000. Unreal. That's so insane. we appreciate everyone. Logan is right. If you can get us one gift, it's hitting that subscribe button. And if you want to give us an icing on top, become a COS All-Star today. We appreciate Ooh. all the All-Stars out there that are really helping us out and grow in this channel. Yes. But Absolutely. me personally, I am great. Couldn't be better. No, I I love how you give some love to our COS All-Stars. I feel like, unfortunately, since I don't do my daily baseball videos anymore, I can't shout them out all the time. But the COS All-Stars are the true MVPs of the community. If you're wondering what it is, look for the little join button on our, on our channel, and you won't you won't regret it. 100%. And, you know, we do want to start amping up the COS All-Star perks and stuff. So we might have, yes. spoiler, we might have some merch coming in the next month or two. We're still working on it behind the scenes, but maybe we'll be able to give away some of that to our COS All-Stars that have been with us for a long time. So that's just a quick spoiler. But let's hop into mm-hmm. it. Let's start talking some football, talk some questions from you guys. And we're going to get into the first one. It's our week 15 takeaways. Logan, I'm going to let you take this one away. And let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this weekend in the NFL. Yeah, so there was a few storylines, right? I could I could talk once again about the Packers. I could talk about the Buccaneers. We always talk about them. But I'd like to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And I'd like to call out the Dallas Cowboys for being dumb. They they are they are making numbskull decisions. And why the Cowboys are, are always a poverty franchise when it comes to the playoffs I'll tell you why. Because they're coaching year in and year out. It's just always really dumb. Take Mike McCarthy, for example. I think he is going to cost Dallas a chance of a Super Bowl. He's he's going to waste away a lot of the talent and 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 schemes that that they've that they come up with. Why? Just because of dumb coaching decisions. 
and he has no responsibility for it, right? I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I can only imagine Cowboys fans, you know, one of the biggest fan bases in the league. They've got to be calling for Mike McCarthy to just be like, what are you doing, man? What, why are you not calling a timeout? And then after he shows no no ownership of his mistake, like, uh, I, I think, you know, it was an ozone situation. What What's an ozone situation? I, I, yeah, I don't know. You know, I you know, I, I have an environmental science background. I know all about the ozone. I can talk all about climate change and the, the hole in the ozone. That has nothing to do with football here. Mike McCarthy, what what planet is, is he on? Mars? I, I have no idea, but I know that when when it comes time down to crunch time, there's a few teams in the NFC specifically that I don't trust. Dallas is one of them. Good, teams with good records, right? Dallas is one of them, and the Cardinals are the other one. We saw we saw they were exposed. Yeah, speaking of the Cardinals, which is one of my biggest takeaways, and I'll talk about them in a second. I feel like, and I, I guarantee you when I say this, maybe 1% of the audience understands, but there's something that Jimmy Fallon does, obviously Saturday Night Live, or not, well, Saturday Night Live icon, but hosts is a, is a late night talk show. He does something occasionally where he tells uh, famous athletes or coaches to sneak in random words in their post-game press conferences. feels like Ozone <laughs> was his one for, for Mike McCarthy. Just like, hey, you got to say this because he always gives people random words and they always just kind of work it into their yeah. press conference. And I don't know what the heck Mike McCarthy, McCarthy's doing. I don't have any faith in that Cowboys team. Dak Prescott's not even playing that well either. I mean, I'll be the comeback nope. player of the year just because of, you know, it's the Cowboys, big name kind of thing. But you could probably pick out a couple other guys like Nick Bosa. He has a chance. He, I'd argue he has, he has as good of a chance to win comeback player of the year. He won't win it, but just a guy that, you know, has a chance. But you're right. The, the My biggest takeaway, the Cardinals, they are who we thought they were. I, I mean, the, you said that <laughs> last week. I agreed with you. There's a reason. I mean, wait, let me take a step back. Our money line parlay cashed on Sunday. So come on, come on. Give us a round yeah, of applause. That bad boy cash. And, you know, there's a reason I avoided the Cardinals in that parlay. You saw I put a lot of, you know, heavy favorites. I had the Cowboys in there. I trusted them to win, but not to cover. Um, so I had the Cowboys. I had the Bills. Um, my sketchy one was the Steelers. Then my last one was the Packers, who really made us sweat on that last leg. But, yeah, there's a reason I avoided the Cardinals. is because I don't trust them at all. I don't trust Cliff Kings- Kingsbury. I don't trust Kyler Murray all that much. And that showed exactly what happened. They lose outright to the Detroit Lions. And so perhaps the Lions for continuing to try hard and, and even win games mm-hmm. this far into the season. But it's just like, come on, what do you even do with the Cardinals? I mean, you, you if you're a fan of the team, you know, you got to be happy with their progress so far this season. But then you also got to be disappointed because you probably had such high expectations. Now you're just faltering away. We don't know what necessarily what the Rams do tonight. They could very well mm-hmm. be tied for the division lead at, by the end of tonight. And maybe they are. And it's just hard to be a Cardinals fan so far. And I, I root for Kyler Murray, but this team's got a lot of injury, a lot of things they have to solve. And it starts with really DeAndre Hopkins not being there. I mean, you saw that happen. Yeah. I mean, A.J. Green is who A.J. Green has been the past four to five years. And, I mean, Zach Ertz has been a promising. They're probably pretty thankful they went out and traded for him. But, golly, mm-hmm. what do you do as a Cardinals fan? Yeah, no, I mean, truthfully, if if I'm a Cardinals fan watching, I'm I'm disheartened at that effort uh, with Detroit. You know why? Because these are these are pro athletes and, you know, they, they don't necessarily always wear their emotion on their sleeve. Right. You watch college football, dumb penalties and, and the, the athletes show their emotions to me more often. But I saw terrible body language from the Cardinals. Kyler Murray. Every single turnover that he had, every single bad missed pass, the receiver wasn't running the wrong route. The receiver wasn't running the right route. 
And Kyler Murray would just throw up his hands. He threw a pick, and Kyler Murray was literally too busy yelling at the receiver then to go make the tackle off the interception. It, it's things like that that tells me who who what the real uh, identity and makeup of the team. The the Cardinals. What I what I was saying. My biggest critique is they're not tough. Like they're they're just not a, not a tough t- football team. I I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is all that good of a coach. And at the end of the day, Kyler Murray's a great athlete, but him just running around trying to make things happen all the time, that's not going to cut it in the playoffs. You have to – you just have to have an identity. You have to – if it's going to run through James Conner, make it run through James Conner. I know he's banged up, but, I mean, now they're trying to get Chase Edmonds more involved. I don't know. That's a team – that's a team that is is significantly more worse than their record, right? There's teams in the NFL that you're like, maybe they're better than their record, but I think the Cardinals are are a good hair worse than their actual record. You know, an interesting comparison I just thought about, and this kind of goes back to last year. I'm not necessarily saying these are identical teams. They'll finish the identical way. But think about the Steelers last year. They were undefeated for so long. What did they go? Eight, yeah. nine, ten, and oh. But everyone knew they were kind of, you know, their record scene. I mean, the Cardinals, I would argue, had, you know, more hype behind them. Like people thought, oh, this could really be their year. But you saw that Steelers team struggle the rest of the year. They really yeah. lost a lot of their final games. It's because they didn't really have much of an identity. They didn't, you know, couldn't really run the ball all that well. They like to throw it, but it's just, you know, Ben Roethlisberger throwing it. It was just a mess. And, yeah, it's kind of like this Cardinals team. You know, they don't have that big of an identity. They don't have that number one go-to guy. Like Hopkins is that, even though they weren't using him necessarily as that all year. He still is. You know, you have to respect him. You've got to at least give him some coverage. And when when the game's on the line, you need a guy to go get you a first down. I I bet you'd rather be throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins than Christian Kirk or A.J. Green, even Zach Hurts. It's like you just need a guy that can make a play, and that's why you see teams like the Packers that are so good. They got Devontae Adams. They don't care if he's triple teamed. They trust him to run an out route or an in route or a slant. They trust him. And you look at the other top teams in the in the NFC and even the AFC. They all got that closer. I'm not sure the Cardinals got it so far. Yeah, no. I mean, just looking at the at the makeup of the team, it's just not tough. And 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 yeah, Kyler no, Murray. And I think a guy that really brought that toughness was JJ Watt. You know, you think yeah, no, exactly. Changed that culture. They were so much yeah. better with him. And it stinks that he's out, but that guy's one of the toughest yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, get get back soon. Get back soon, Hopkins. Though you 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 really nailed it. I I think they're just a lot a lot different team uh, without that that number one go to guy. And my, my last takeaway, and this was more to what we talked about last week, it was in terms of fantasy football. So last week, this was one of the questions we answered was about some fantasy football playoff lineup <laughs> strategies. And as someone that has just been put up probably the worst fantasy football playoff uh, scoring that I've ever done. Yeah, it was it was a brutal week. And last week I talked about this. I was like, you got to be you can't be conservative in the playoffs. And I was pretty conservative. And I took a big L. I had Najee Harris. I had Deontay Johnson. I had Mike Evans. I had James Conner. Well, James Conner didn't even start him, but even if it didn't matter, uh, man, my team was brutal. It was a brutal week. So I just thought it was funny, uh, you know, how many people just absolutely laid an egg in fantasy football. So if you lost your fantasy football matchup, don't don't blame yourself. Uh, truthfully, if you had a good team, you're probably out of the playoffs right now because that's how it is. My team was the highest scoring, and would you look at that? I have I have 57 points to my name with Matthew Stafford going into Sunday <laughs> or Monday or Tuesday night, and I'm just gonna say it now. It ain't happening. <laughs> your your team's performance was an insult to the eyes, but uh, that was that was a common uh, theme around the league. It was just a weird. The NFL does this. The the NFL's good for a few weeks in the year where you're just like, what? what it does that doesn't make sense. So the scoring for sure 
like you said, it does. It didn't follow. Duke Johnson had two touchdowns. I mean, yeah. what even is Duke Johnson even si- signed off the practice squad and two touchdowns. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Make, make it make sense, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Now let's just move on, and we're going to move into some yeah. questions from you guys. But first, we got a rivalry game this week. Oh. My alma mater taking on Logan's alma mater, University of Florida, Gasparilla Bowl. It is Thursday, I believe, seven seven p.m. kickoff, and right. so. Logan has a pick for this video. He's not giving it. He will not give the pick because he's making a video. The video will be live probably Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday, maybe tonight, maybe early Thursday morning. So you can check it out. This is one game that we've both been really hyped up for because as a UCF fan, you know, we've always been calling for UF's number. We've never had a chance to play you guys. We do get to play you guys in a couple years, but just fitting that they kind of put us in one wacky bowl game that, you know, really doesn't necessarily make a whole lot. You know, it's like they really just did for ratings. And I, I applaud them for that. Um, but still, um, my takeaway from this game, cause I, I know you have your own takeaway and people will check out his video. It'll be, it'll be posted later tonight or tomorrow morning, but I think UCF's got a chance in this one, but I do not. And you know, I'm not putting any money on it. Mikey Keen is, Oh man. If you have never watched the UCF game, I don't know if you want to start watching this one. Cause Mikey Keen, our freshman rookie quarterback, whatever you want to call him true freshman. He ain't that good, but we'll see how this game goes. You have any thoughts before without spoiling your pick? No, yeah, so I'm not going to spoil my pick, but I'm going to say that this game, even though it's the dumb Gasparilla Bowl, and you, you look at it, like, to me, I always make fun of bowl season because it's like, you know, why do, why should I care about the badboymowers.com whatever bowl? Like, why do I care about, about yeah, that? But this game, <laughs> this game, this game to me, is it, it means a lot more because, the, the you know, the state of Florida is a, is a hot spot for recruits. And truthfully – this would catapult UCF a lot. A lot. Uh, this would do way more for UCF than it would UF. I mean, that's not that's not really debatable. Like U, UF wins this, n- none of the fans are going to ever remember that. But if UCF plays competitively and or wins this game, that would he- go a huge way into catapulting the Gus Malzahn era. And and lastly, I mean, this 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 is it's a mini rivalry. Not not in the sense that these teams you know play each other ever. But you went to UCF. You know, Sam, who's been on the podcast, he went to UCF. My girlfriend, she went to UCF. My mom went to UCF. So it's really me and and a lot of UCF fans. And I don't know how we're going to be watching this game, but I know it's going to be a little bit ugly. And it is ugly football. I I, I don't want anyone to tune into this thinking they're going to watch an offense like Alabama or anything. No, these two teams only run the ball. I I promise you that. I don't understand why the over-under is what it is. Truthfully, if you if you're wanting to bet it, go watch my video. I'll, I explain my pick in it. But uh, yeah, it's it's I'm I'm really excited for it for sure. Yeah, you know, I wish we had our full team to go after it. Obviously, our starting quarterback Dylan Gabriel's been out for a hot minute, and now he's yeah. transferring to UCLA. So enjoy that, uh, Bruins fans. Um, but <laughs> you know, I want to. I'll be rooting for UCF, and you best believe if you know when when Thursday night comes around and if UCF wins that you can just imagine me jumping around, having some fun uh, Thursday night. Maybe I'll come into Friday night's NBA video. I don't know what will happen in that video. We'll see. We'll see. You never know. It's, you never know what happens, um, but I'm excited for this game. Like I said, check out Logan's video. I don't want to spoil any more of it, but of it's going to be a good game. I agree with you. It's much bigger than for UCF than, uh, than it is for university of Florida. And it's going to be an interesting game. We'll see exactly. I would probably take the under if I had to make a bet because yeah, I'm not very confident in UCF's uh, offense to really score points. And really, they just love to spam the run. And then <laughs> they don't yeah. live. When you watch them, they will not throw it farther than 10 yards down the field. And if they do, they might actually have a chance of winning this one. 
Um, <laughs> but regardless, let's move on into the questions from you guys. Um, the questions from the COS community. We got a couple. And if you guys have any questions, we always want to make this podcast. You know, we have so many videos talking about the NFL and talking about you know, NBA and talk about those types of things. We want to make this a little bit more personal and you kind of get to learn more about us. So if you ever have any questions, leave them down below in the comment section or shoot them to me on Twitter. I normally ask a question every Tuesday afternoon saying, hey, what questions do you want us to answer? We'll shout you guys out because we want to we want to become more personal, have you guys learn a little bit more about us and then uh, go from there. So they can be about anything, um, be about our favorite food, be about our favorite, uh, I don't even know, but we're going to go into one of the first ones we got. That's from our man, Keith. And he asked, what our favorite NBA player was growing up, and I'm gonna let you kick this one off. <laughs> well, Austin, Austin knew the answer to this because Austin and I Absolutely. truthfully have we've we've been friends since since middle school, so we know we go way way back. And he knows that that little middle school Logan had a had a Kevin Love. Uh, uh, shirt and and I just absolutely loved Prime Timberwolves Kevin Love and you're like and may, maybe people are watching this like Kevin Love that's so random well <laughs> Kevin Love go back and watch his 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 Prime Timberwolves years because the man was built different he I mean he modern day Kevin Love is a Banana Republic model he's not he's not what he used to be I mean, let's just put it that way but I I have I, I just love him so much and also I mean I'll tell you a quick story about him. He was so this was would have been, I want to say around 2012, whenever the all-star game was played in Orlando, right? That's that's our hometown. We I didn't go to the all-star game itself, but Kevin Love was a rising superstar. So he had an autograph meet and greet session at Walmart, right? LeBron James would never. I'm just saying the, the, the NBA superstars would never do this. But Kevin Love, because he was just a you know, he was just a rising guy, he wanted he was a, he's all about the fans. So little Logan in his Kevin Love Timberwolves uh, shirt, uh, he I, I went and got a basketball sign from him at the at the Walmart meet and greet, and it was amazing. And I, I'll always remember that Kevin Love has a special place in my heart. And on your live stream, first of all, I, um, your live streams are <laughs> awesome. Uh, but on your live stream, I give people free winners, right? You'll see me got you'll see me in the comments sometimes. I told you to pick Kevin Love's uh, PRAs over. Yeah, but he smashed it because he's goaded. Kevin Love, even even now, he's still doing it on a on an improved Cavs team. Uh, a great shout out to the live stream. I remember live stream tonight, Wednesday, 6, 6 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be live for about 30 minutes answering any Boom. question you got. Now, I do remember you going to see Kevin Love. That, truth be told, that, that picture you took with him is still your profile picture to this day. Um, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe it's changed. But uh yeah, I know you love Kevin Love, and no pun intended, the man's a legend. I think he is one of the most underrated players, I think, at his peak, I think, in NBA history. Maybe I'm just saying this to you because I'll see That's you in a couple a scorching days. Hot, that's a scorching hot take. I just I think, you know, you look at his, his, his stats. If this guy stayed on the Timberwolves, one, he would have never won an NBA championship. That goes without saying. But two, he, I mean, the guy was putting up like 25 and 15 a night. He was insane. He had a 30-30 game. This guy was put up insane stats and what he sacrificed to go to the Cavaliers to win a championship, you know, to play, to become a Banana Republic model. He could have never become a Banana Republic model in Minnesota. And you'd argue maybe he can't. How, how do you do it in Cleveland? I don't know. That's the power of LeBron James. Um, but regardless, I love Kevin Love. Um, I, I guess I keep saying love with him. But he's awesome. One of my favorite players in the NBA. But not my favorite growing up. My favorite, and I'm sure you know this, um, yeah. Josh Smith. And people are now like, they're like, you guys just picked Josh Smith. You picked 
Kevin Love? What even is this podcast? And I understand what you're saying. You know, I really did like Kobe Bryant going up. Uh, rest in peace to the Hall of Famer, one of the best players of all time. But Josh Smith was just a guy that I just had an unreal love affection for. So if people don't know, I grew up in outside of Atlanta. So growing up, I was, you know, had to watch this Hawks team, you know, that had Josh Smith for the longest time, had Joe Johnson, the icon, ISO Joe, can't guard him. Um, and Al Horford, all these guys, Jeff T, Kyle Corver, you know, that iconic team that won, I don't know, okay. so many games in a row one, one year and then had the best record of the NBA just to get absolutely just demolished by LeBron in the playoffs. But I love Josh Smith, and it's for a multitude of reasons. Not one, not one. He could jump out the gym, and I think he won, he won an NBA dunk contest. He's he's a legend. Number two, that guy, the steals and blocks that he put up per game, it was underrated. The guy was a great defender. And then number three, uh, he wasn't the best jump shooter, but if he got hot, he was not missing those things. So I just love Josh Smith, one of the most you know fun players to watch in NBA history. And so, I don't know, it's just a weird guy that I just had a lot of love for. Never got a chance to meet him. I have played actually a game on. I played at halftime of the Atlanta Hawks game before. Uh, just a not a not a you know a humble brag, um, but uh, Jeez. yeah, I love Josh Smith. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you were playing on the court. So, so you were in the same court as Josh Smith. I mean, you're a legend. That I, I, I was Kyle Korver before Kyle Korver. Oh wow! Exactly. Now that yeah, Josh Josh Smith's one of those names that if you're going back and you're looking at like the era of basketball that we grew up in, because I mean, truthfully, Kevin, the names like Kevin Love and Josh Smith, yeah, they're past. Like obviously, Josh Smith on the league, but they're they're past their prime. But this was a fun era to me. It, it was definitely a fun, different era. Uh, of basketball when when the Dwight Howards once once ruled the world kind of thing. Say so, like go back and just look at it and reflect on on basketball back then and it was it was something. It was different than the modern day NBA when Steph Curry changed the game forever. So a hundred percent. So we'll move on. But like I said, if you ever have any questions, shoot them down below. Now the next one's sure. coming from Mikey and he asked what's the most memorable sporting event that you've ever been to? Yeah. Okay. So and I hope we don't have the same answer here, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I, we're not going to have the same answer because you weren't at this one. But we, so obviously we talked about the University of Florida. We talked about, you know, how I went to UF and I graduated from UF. So I, I saw a lot of University of Florida football games. And there is one that is just absolutely, I, I, I can still remember the day. I can still remember the moment. So it was me and my, all my friends sitting in the, I guess that would have been the north end zone. Unfortunately, we were not in the south end zone. Why? Because that was the Hail Mary that beat Tennessee. First of all, to witness a Hail Mary uh, in, in person is, is really special. I mean, that, that game was wild. I, you know what? It, it, it's a close second, though. I'll, I'll talk about the other one, though. But Florida versus Tennessee has always been one of those games that, that uh, you know, it's just it's a, it's a SEC matchup. It's an SEC rivalry. But that one with the Hail Mary that ended with the Felipe Franks, uh, it's, I mean, I get goosebumps watching the replays of it. It was incredible. The swamp was so loud that like, it was just like a constant noise ringing in your ear for like an hour after it. I mean, 90,000, uh, Florida fans in there. I mean, it was, it was so special. A close second would be Florida versus T Tennessee when, uh, everyone remembers Callaway uh, when he was on the Browns too. Uh, but Callaway caught that, that pass and, in uh, then Tennessee missed a, a field goal that, that would have won them the game. And, yeah, so, so the, the, those are some really fond memories that I have in the swamp. What about you? Um, so I, I think two come to mind. One, one that I was not – well, now I'll just say the one that I, that I attended. Um, and it would be – it has to be the UCF versus USF game from 2018. 
Um, yeah. So obviously I am a UCF alum and I already said that, but our rival is University of South Florida. And we went to a game on Black Friday. We always play them every single Black Friday. This was one of our undefeated years. It was, I think, our second undefeated year where we were, you know, super good. You know, we beat Auburn the year before, and then this was kind of our repeat year kind of thing. And it was probably the best game I've ever been to. And that was because we were all there. It was me, you, um, I don't even, we had like eight of our friends. We were all up right next mm-hmm. to the Jumbotron, ears bleeding because the audience <laughs> was like, ching, ching, just right yeah. in your ears. But it was one of the best games I've ever been to. And it was because, you know, it was a back and forth game. The final score was something in the 40s for each team. Yes. Back and forth, the over easily hit. Um, but it ended with UCF. You know, UCF gave up this long touchdown to have USF tie the game. And then on the ensuing kickoff, Mike Hughes, now a, now a Kansas City Chief, and we'll talk about them in a little bit, um, And it just houses the kickoff return, 100-something yards, takes it to the house, and it, Mike Hughes has, has a, 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 what is it, a, something in the cabanas. Um, it, yeah. it was an iconic moment. And so that was definitely the best game. Just thinking about it gives me goosebumps. Close second would be the next game right after that one. We went into double overtime with Memphis, and they missed – a field goal, I think, to win the game or something mm-hmm. along those lines, and we ended up winning that one. And those were the final years of Scott Frost, the final two games of Scott Frost era. Um, it's t- tough, tough to see him go, but Scott Frost, one of the best coaches ever. Maybe this was our first undefeated year. I don't even remember, honestly. We're, we've been so good for so long. It's like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Chill, chill. No, and, and, and no, see, I, w- I, was, I was kind of reliving that as you were talking about it because – I mean, my girlfriend also went to UCF. We we all went to these games, and and they were, again, you and I, I think, were very spoiled to see some really good college football in our in our years, uh, you know, going to our respective schools. Because I mean, some some I I always pour one out for the people that go to like Kansas or like mm. bad football bad football programs. They never get to see anything like that. But the the bounce house where UCF plays was absolutely electric. That that stadium, it was. I don't know who who engineered it, but stadiums shouldn't sway like that the bounce house was swaying extra uh for for those for both of those games and it it was then that's what makes college sports uh so great yeah i couldn't agree more i mean it's college is great um the one thing the one game that i would like to note that i did not attend that was probably the most heart-wrenching was probably our our loss in the ncaa tournament to duke in zion williamson that was probably the hardest game and i'm sure if you're a fan out there of a favorite team you've been and especially if it's like your alma mater and you were dedicated to the sports team you've been there you've you've experienced it experienced some hard defeats and that's just you know that's college sports some games you have the highs the lows and that was probably one of the lows but then we had some highs it's been it's great being a ucf fan so we'll see how this thursday game goes unrelated kind of a segue check out logan's video but let's move in the final question that kind of segues back into the nfl and nba was how we had a question for someone on Twitter. Don't remember their name. It's how should you approach betting with all these COVID issues? So I'm curious what your takeaway is because you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just give me your takeaway. Yeah, well, you and you and I've talked about this, you know, even privately, maybe on this podcast. But again, waiting to, until the very, very last minute to place bets. Truthfully, you don't in in today's you know NBA slash NFL, you don't obtain as much of an edge placing your bets early, not with, not with these COVID concerns, right? It's I've, you and I, all things, all things equal with the props and everything. How many times have you complained to me? Like, Oh, I I had so-and-so's rebounds. Had I have known the other guy was ruled out with COVID. I mean, that, that changes the way you, you bet a lot of these. So truthfully, I don't know how you have an answer other than wait till the last minute. Right. I, I agree. There's really no better answer. Um, 
think there's ways you can maybe try to get lucky with like, you know, you might think, oh, this guy might be ruled out, but he has lines or something like that. But yeah, it's super hard. super hard. Like you can't, and it's hard for me when I make the videos. Normally I'm waking up super early and I still do, but I wake up a little bit later because like I don't have any lines and I still, I, I, it's so hard to pick from the litter that I have in the morning. So it's hard. You're right. It's probably best to just wait to place, place your bets until you see exactly who's active because there have been games, you know, Reggie Jackson to be noted on Monday. I wouldn't have taken his over if I had known Paul George was back, but that was a risk I took, you know, and that happens. And sometimes, you know, I even talked about that being a risk and to wait probably until he gets announced in or out. Ends up yeah. not even mattering because he lays a complete egg, but it's tough. <laughs> That's it's how tough it be. <laughs> right now. And I, I know we're not here to talk about, you know, you know, COVID, you know, what it is in the community and things like that. We're not, we're not, we're not, you know, experts in that field, but I do think over the next couple of weeks, we, we'll start seeing some, um, hopefully, you know, cross, cross our fingers, some like loosening of restrictions and things of that nature, because I think uh, the NFL, at, at, the NFL is a very interesting approach that they're taking because, you know, they are noticing that, you know, not a lot of pe people are, it's becoming more of like a common cold more so than, you know, a full, like, you know, what it was at the beginning where, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's death rate was super high. And so what the NFL is doing, I don't know if you've seen, they, they no longer are testing anyone that's vaccinated. Um, yeah. And if you're asymptomatic, so for all they know, people out there could be, could be sick. They could have COVID, um, but they aren't testing them. So they aren't testing the vaccinated players every single day anymore. And I think we could see that happen in the NBA too. We, I mean, it, it's an evolving situation, so we'll see how that, of that kind of uh, yeah. changes. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough predicament because basically for vaccinated players, they're saying that they're basically relying on you. If you're, you've not feeling well, that you're supposed to speak up and, you know, say that, you know, you're not feeling well and get tested. But I mean, if you think about a guy that's the last guy on the roster, would you really, t if you're not feeling well, you just made the roster, would you go out there and say, you know what, I'm not feeling yeah. well, coach, uh, I should go get tested. It, it's a tough situation to put a lot of guys in. Now you also, on the other hand, you have that hand like saying, you know, what if, well, they probably want to play because they're, they're trying to fight for a career. But on the other hand, you don't want to be the guy that starts an outbreak on your team either. And so it's tricky. Uh, my best advice would be to just wait to place your bets, you know, just be conservative. Um, you never know. People are going off off and on the less day and day and day out. So do you have any other final takeaways before we get into week 16? No, I mean, you you pretty much hit all the talking points on that one. So, just... All right. So let's get the show going because we're talking yep. about week 16 upset picks in the NFL. Yeah. Week 16. We only got three weeks left. Let's talk about last week. Um Logan cashed that Bengals easy winner. This is Look what I that. do. <laughs> a pillow fight of a game, but a winner nonetheless. My Absolutely. pick, I picked the Bears. Um, and I would like to say one. I picked them and then they got everyone ruled out in their game. So I, you know, I I'll, I'll take a cop out. I, I picked them out like plus 160, the line movement given all their injuries, like plus 260 I kick off. But they honestly, looking at the box score. They should have won that game. The Bears did enough to win that game, and they totally they had they had like three three fumbles, all like basically all in the red zone. They had a couple fourth down conversions they didn't convert. That team is just as a Bears fan, our friend friend Jeremy out there. We I feel for you as a Jets fan. I understand. Um, they did everything they could. I mean, they stopped Alvin Cook, stopped Justin Jefferson. Their defense looked decent. Kirk Cousins was throwing five hundred balls like he's playing five hundred. It was a rough game to watch, and if you watch any of Monday Night Football, I'm sorry. Here's some time back. I don't. I'm not the genie, but there's some time back for you. What a brutal game! But do you have any takeaways before we get into our episode? Well, I just want to say, somebody, I like we we're not we're not sophisticated enough to go clip the audio, but I was just like, look, play, players or not, personnel or not, 
the Bears are one of those miserable teams that are yeah. allergic to success, and they'll they'll they find are. ways to lose games. And I'm just they saying, are, and they, they found as many ways. They were looking like the Chargers on Thursday Night Football, going for it on every oh. end, and just not failing, and just failing, 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 failing left and right. Ended up that over, ended up hitting in that game. But what a crazy game! Now let's move into this week. Logan, you won last week, so kick it off. Who's your upset pick this week? Or do you want All me right, to go so, since you're kind of segue to uh, our next topic? Uh, no, you can you can go first. Even though I'm the winner, I, I I'm still curious to see who you're going with. I appreciate that. Um, so we are going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens plus one twenty taking on the Bengals. Now, if there's anything I've learned this season, both these two teams you cannot trust. You cannot yeah. trust the Baltimore Ravens. They looked good. Tyler Huntley clapped it up to him. He looked really good last week, almost winning that game against the Packers. But there's also a team you can't trust the Bengals. They come up with a big win on the road at Mile High Stadium against the Broncos. But there's something you just can't trust that team. You just cannot. And I liked what I saw out of the Ravens. I saw a lot of a lot of grit and you know, kind of I saw a passion, something that we hadn't seen a lot out of that team. You know, their defense is banged up. Um, but they showed something last week. And this is a game as a must win for the Baltimore Ravens. And I think given their pedigree, their team, and they'll probably get Lamar Jackson back, I think they win this game. And I think the reason is that it should get – you look at the team they played earlier this season, absolute blowout. The Ravens lost 41-17. to 17. I think they'll bring back a little bit of, you know, that you – know, no, no, we're still the Baltimore Ravens. We're still the kings of this AFC North. And this is, this is basically a game for the, the AFC North title at this rate. Um, so I'm going to ride the Baltimore Ravens, plus 120. I, I, I really do love I, I love the pick, Austin. Great, great pick. Maybe I'll sprinkle some of my own money on it. I love it that much. It'd be um, free money. And it's just doubling your money, basically. Yeah, it, the, the, Ra- <laughs> the Ravens are the Ravens are one of those teams that that you know you you do kind of trust um to not to not get blown out. I, I don't expect, like you said, that that previous result to happen again. History won't repeat itself. That that team is too well coached, too well disciplined. And heck, they almost beat they almost beat the Packers, right? You know, you, you can't fault fault Harbaugh. You know, he he's at least he's consistent, right? I want to go for two to win the game. He does it, he, he does it against the Steelers and and he and he did it once again against the Packers. And even even how undermanned they are to see them still uh playing hard and competitive. The Bengals better bring their A game because I'm telling you the Ravens, you know, should, could easily win that game um, in the division. So great pick. I'm going, I'm going to Thursday night and we can, we can kind of segue with my pick into Thursday night football. And I, you know, I, I truthfully don't love uh, picking Thursday night football upsets because I'll know at the end, at the beginning of the week, if I'm a loser or a winner, but that being said, the 49ers travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans and the Titans are home underdogs, which I like. I like the Titans at plus 154 and this one against the Niners just because, you know, I think the Niners have overachieved this year, right? Given given kind of where they're at, you know, it, the Debo Samuel gimmicky role and, and everything. I think that the Titans are just going to establish the, the Deontay Foreman, uh, that, that that physical brand of football, and they're, they're going to get a lead and, and be comfortable, right? Against Pittsburgh, let's, let's dissect a little bit about that last week. They did everything they could against Pittsburgh to lose that game. It was it was a true true case of Tennessee losing the game rather than Pittsburgh winning the game. And I, I know you had Steelers in your money line part of parlay, so you're thankful for that. But truthfully, I think the Titans will will keep it close. They'll keep it competitive. And being at home, the Niners traveling on a short week to Tennessee. I know Thursday night football is usually a bad football product because of the short week. I, I I could see the Niners coming out and laying a complete egg at Tennessee. 
Yeah, my only concern with this game, and yeah, you're right. I got to say thank you to the Titans for selling that game. The Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> absolutely did not deserve to win that. No, they they looked abysmal on offense. They might as well have been kicking it on first down, field goal or nothing, because that, yeah. that offense was terrible. Um, when I look at this game, I think about a 49ers team that, you know, they really are starting to get a groove. I imagine the public money will be on them tonight or on Thursday. I imagine the public will be on them because, um, yeah, you know, they're starting to kind of, you know, they lost a couple weeks ago against the Seahawks, but, you know, they're really starting to establish that ground game, really get it going. But, and and you look at the Titans, Julio Jones, and again, injured. And I don't know about oh, AJ yeah. Brown. I don't know what his status is. Can't imagine he plays. Um, it's tough to really root on the Titans. They have been pretty good as an underdog. Granted, they are, in a, they were an underdog last week against the Steelers, given line movement. I like your pick. I like the value plus 154. I could get behind it. I'm not a big believer in the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo personally. Their defense is decent. Um, but it really comes down to Ryan Tannehill. He played one of his worst games of his Titans yeah. career on Sunday. So does he show up and show out and actually play a good game? He's got to at least be a little bit motivated. You know, this is a big game for him in terms of playoff seating. So, you know, they got the Colts breathing down their neck coming into the division. Two. This is a big, big game. So I like it. I like the pick. I hope they win. You know, I like the Titans as a team, like Mike Vrabel, like right, like Ryan Tannehill, and I want those guys to be successful. So I'll root with your pick, and hopefully we can get a sweep this weekend. I, w- I would absolutely love it. We've been chasing the elusive sweep. I I, I see your broom peeking out behind there. I, I I know it's ready. So so come next week. I hope to be celebrating. Uh, it's, it's right <laughs> right here, I believe. You keep yeah, it down. I'd love to be able to bring it out. I'd love to be able to bring it out, man. That would be awesome. But let's move yep. on. Let's keep talking about some big games, and we can jump into the the Titans division rival, the Colts. Yeah. They're one of the Saturday night games. We got another Saturday night game. It is on Christmas Day, and so we have these are they they gave us okay games. We'll talk about the other one in a second. But Colts yeah. Cardinals, this is a, a big game, and the Cardinals are minus one and a half. And I'm going to mm-hmm. give you my takeaway here. If I was a weenie and picked loser upset picks that don't have a lot of value, I'm going to pick the Colts because the Colts are winning this game outright and they're going yeah. to spank the Cardinals because what are the Cardinals good at? They're well bad at. They're not only bad, but bad on the at home. And that's where they are this week. They're at <laughs> home against the Colts. And this Colts team is coming off to have an extra. You look at the Cardinals, they just got absolutely embarrassed by the Lions. And I just don't think they have that that you know that passion to just jump back in and say, you know what? You know, that was a fluke. That was a fluke game. We deserve to, to bounce back and play better this week. I just don't think they have the leadership on their team at the moment. If they had J.J. Watt and guys like that, then maybe they'd have that leadership. But I don't think Cliff Kingsbury has that in him to just, you know, get this team, hoorah, you know, back in it and get after it. I think the Colts team, they're really humming along. They're not even throwing it with Carson Wentz. I can't blame them. Jonathan Taylor is an absolute beast. Man, the Colts the Colts are fun to watch. Jump around with the Colts in this one. Plus one and a half. Sprinkle the money line. Do whatever you want. Hammer it. Yeah, well, maybe people want to hammer Cardinals because you, you and I are going to agree on this one. So, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yep, sound the alarms. When Logan and Austin agree on a bet, it's usually an L because we just aren't allowed to squad ride together, whatever. But no, truthfully, all of your all of your points that you're making about the Colts are exactly what I was saying about the Cardinals earlier. When When it's a game won and lost in the trenches, those are the games that the Cardinals lose, right? Against the Lions, Look at the way the Lions are built. They're they're built as as a run first kind of gets you in the trenches. Uh, kind of Dan Campbell is yeah. such a gritty coach and he's inspiring, right? Those players on Detroit, the record isn't great, but they they play inspired. Arizona is the exact opposite. You look at I just I just mentioned the body language. That's the reason why Indianapolis is going to go into Arizona and win this game. Truthfully, yeah, may, maybe maybe the upset pick could be 
Colts minus six. Maybe you flip the spreads around for an alt spread. Uh, you know, maybe we're too confident in this one. Maybe maybe we are uh, overreacting a little bit uh, to that Detroit loss. But truthfully, the, the Cardinals are going to have to win this one in convincing fashion for me to say that they're back on track. I agree with that. You know, you think about the Cardinals team under Kyla Murray the past two years. They lose. When they lose, they start losing in bunches. And it's not just like, you know, they're not normally like a one-off team, like maybe, you know, a Patriots team or I don't know, other teams that, you know, they can just flip the switch. They'll, they lay a, they lay an egg one week and then the next week, you know, they bounce back and they absolutely destroy the team. You know, I just don't, I just don't think they have the leadership right now on this roster. I mean, it'd be cool to see the Cardinals win, but yeah, I sound the alarms because yeah, Colts, Colts losing by 30 in that one. Uh, let's move on to the other Saturday night Cardinals game. losing by 30 is what you meant, but yeah. <laughs> no, 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 because we both agree the Colts are probably oh, losing okay. by 30. Well, yes, um, okay. Yeah. All just, right, that's just how it be. Uh, <laughs> but let's move to the other game, and this one's an interesting one. Another Saturday night football game. Aaron Rodgers, now the MVP favorite uh, at home in Lambeau Field, minus seven favorites against the Cleveland Browns. Um, yeah, you take this one away because uh, I'm not allowed to talk about the Browns on this podcast. Every time you talk about the Browns, the exact opposite goes. So I'm, I'm, I am curious to know your take Are on this one. But take? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious because I just want to fade you. But tr- truthfully, truthfully, I'm looking at this, and I hope you don't agree with me because then that's another L for for the people. Uh, you can make a fade part, fade Austin Logan partway if you want. But I think the Browns cover the plus seven in this one just because I'm looking at the spread. I'm looking at the Browns team that just lost at home to the Raiders, and you're like, yep, Hammer Packers. Packers, you know, at home at Lambeau, boom. It, it's just that's that's simple. Vegas, you're giving out free money. No, that's simply not how it works. I think I think the Browns are, are going to play inspiring in this one. I mean, what's the formula to, to win though? It's gonna it's gonna have to be a big Nick Chubb game. I mean, we know this. Like, it, it's gonna have to be a close, ugly type game. Maybe the maybe we get some weather uh, factoring into this one. Don't know, but I mean, truthfully, that that touchdown spread just seems way too good to be true. Uh, for the Packers. I agree with that. And, you know, this sucks because I'm going to agree with you on this one. Oh, um, oh why? Fade, fade. <laughs> but here's my rationale, and it's totally not football-based. Um, right now I'm looking at the teams against the spread record on the season. There's two teams that are 11-3 and three against the spread. Uh, prior to last week, one team was 11-2. and two. That would be the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. And knowing knowing the sports books, knowing Vegas, they're going to see people that are just going to come here and say, Packers wagon going to be keep picking them and they're not covering this weekend. They just will not Vegas won't allow them. It's just how NBA it has an NBA works. If you look at a team that's been terrible against the spread, suddenly they start turning around, starting to cover some games. I just think at the green Bay Packers, this is an absolute, this is a smash spot for them. They're at home against the Browns team that just lost to the Raiders. This team stinks. Mm-hmm. They are literally one of the, I hate them and I hate them so much. I'll take them plus seven. <laughs> and I think they have a chance of just, you know, they have a chance of maybe even squeaking this one out because you look at oh. the way to beat this Packers team. <laughs> I just jinxed him. Maybe I jinxed them. Uh, you look at a way to beat this Packers team, keep the ball at Aaron Rodgers' hands. And while the Browns were very banged up going into that Raiders game, and hopefully they get some guys back for the Saturday game, short turnaround, but you got to beat them on the ground. And, you know, we saw we saw that team with the, the, the last week, the Green Bay taking on the Ravens. They struggled to stop Tyler Huntley, and he was just escaping left and right and just, doing whatever he wanted. They weren't stopping the tight end and not that the Browns have Mark Andrews, but they have decent tight ends, Harrison Bryant, David and Joku, et cetera. They didn't stop anyone. Their defense was terrible, giving up 30 points to Tyler Huntley. And so I like the Browns in this one, plus the seven points too much for a road underdog. 
I, I don't the, – the, the arrogance that, that, that you just picked the Browns annoys me. I'd like to flip to Packers <laughs> minus seven. Too late, buddy. Too late. You've already locked your bet in. You cannot I, I hate that so much. You're such a fave when it comes to the Browns. Truthfully, I, I, maybe, I maybe the that. public is maybe, – maybe this is the public's Christmas gift. that Everyone's just like, free money on the Packers. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe that's what they're trying to do. But you never know. Uh, let's move in. Let's move on to some uh, some other games. We're going to talk about Sunday night football, um, which is going to be yeah. – uh, dang, my my, uh, my my little card did not update, but we'll talk about it. It is going to be the, um, the Washington football team are at the Cowboys, and right now the Cowboys are 10-point favorites. We obviously know you've uh, talked about um, talked about the uh, Cowboys being an, an abomination of a franchise. Uh, but yeah. what is your takeaway on this game? Because last Sunday night football, we were absolutely laid an egg as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't <laughs> – now they, I don't know if they covered eleven points, but you can't cover when you don't score any points. So, <laughs> yeah, what a weird game. I, I anyone who's picking player prop unders uh, had had themselves a night. I don't, I don't anticipate this one uh, having the game flow of that. I, I think there's there should be plenty of scoring. Now, I would like to know injury concerns, whatever for for Washington. The unfortunate thing, at, at like you like you said at the beginning of this video, I don't know what's going to happen in this Washington Philly game. Uh, so truthful, truthfully, I'm just looking at this number first off and I'm thinking divisional opponent, right? The Cowboys did not look impressive at all versus the Giants really uh, against Mike Lennon. I mean, that's the best you can do Cowboys. I mean, no, I, I'm not, I'm still not sold on, on Dallas. I told you the, the, the big takeaway I had, they need a statement win versus a divisional opponent for, for me to get maybe back on that, that Cowboys bandwagon. But if you're giving me Washington plus 10, I might want to take it just because Riverboat Ron's one of those those uh, coaches that they the, they they do play very well for them. They're, they're a scrappyish team, sure. Probably probably big Antonio Gibson game. I, I'm sure you could agree with that. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to turn a hundred dollars into two hundred sixty bucks? Because I got a, <laughs> uh, I got a mortal lock parlay for you. It is going to be the Browns plus seven, Washington football team plus ten. It is a can't lose, can't can't absolutely lose. This is an absolute smash spot for both teams they're playing against the two teams with the best against the spread record the dallas cowboys and you're right the cowboys are due they're due they're losing this game outright that is how yeah. confident i am they might lose this one outright because cowboys are due some humbling and i have no idea what happens to washington football team on monday on tuesday night so weird saying that but i think the washington football team have a chance here they're getting a lot of guys back and you look at the, t- t- the time these two teams just played a couple weeks ago you know cowboys were beating them to a pulp and then came storming back out of nowhere the Washington football team. I think they know they can hang with this Cowboys team. I don't think they're scared of them. It's Sunday night football. We just saw the, the Saints come in and just beat the count of the Saint, uh, the Buccaneers outright, despite being double digit underdogs. I know they're different teams, but Washington football team, Ron Vera will get them ready to go. Give me a plus the yeah. points sprinkle on the money line. Absolutely. I, I truthfully, I truthfully hate when you and I's picks just keep lining up <laughs> like this. Number one, number one, it makes for, it makes for bad uh, banter. Cause I can't disagree with you. And number two, we're just giving the people straight L's. So yeah, truthfully, when, when, when we watch this back, we, we might laugh a little bit at it, but I, I think Washington plus 10, that's a safe amount of points in a divisional game. Heck, I, I, I take that back. Scratch it because I thought the Raiders plus nine and a half was a safe amount at Kansas City. And that was one of the most foolish plays I've ever made in, in gambling history. So <laughs> you never know. But I, I feel like a lot of people, well, what do we always say the Sunday night motto is? People go chase. 
Did you see people chasing Cowboys? I've done it in my life too. Cowboys have played on Sunday night football. I've chased them before. Ended up with a juicy L on my record. So just saying. uh, It is what it is. Yeah, Washington might not be a terrible bet to make it. (laughs) Now we'll see how that one goes out. So we're going to talk about two more games and we'll get out of here. Monday night football. I don't want to talk about this one, but we have to talk about it. Dolphins at the Saints minus three, the hottest team. Well, second hottest team in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins. Winners of six straight games. They just came with a big, big victory against a very tough opponent in the New York Jets. So clap it up to them. A really great win. What are your takeaway on this game? Because you're coming with the Saints team, that, you know, big emotional victory. And now, you know, they're they're only laying three to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I want I want you to go first because I'm gonna I'm gonna fade you. So just go, okay, go you yeah. go first. Um, <laughs> I am going to take the New Orleans Saints in this one. Now Taysom Hill, do I trust him? No. Short answer, no. But they are at home. They play much better at the Superdome. You know they'll have maybe be in the Christmas spirit. Probably be drinking a little bit this weekend. That's what they do in in uh, New Orleans, and they'll be feeling good. Um, and so I'll be riding with the Saints because I think they got a good chance here. I'll have a separate video on this one, and maybe my my stance changes as the day goes on or the week goes on. But I like them. The Dolphins have really overachieved. I just don't think they've beaten really any uh, legit opponents. They just beat the Jets, Jets, and that game was closer than it should have been. Um, and yeah, just you know, I like Brian Flores, but it's hard to go into the Superdome and beat them outright. Now you look at the Saints, that defense humming along. Now maybe this is due for a big letdown spot, and that could be exactly it because they're coming off that emotional victory, but. Give me the Saints in this one minus the points. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad I'm really am glad you went Saints because I was I was thinking Dolphins the whole way. I like the way I like the way the Dolphins are constructed defensively, especially. I think that defense will travel to the Superdome. It is a tough place to play, as, as you mentioned, but they're secondary. I mean, they're the Miami Dolphins. They don't get talked about like these other teams, but they're sneak, they're sneaky hot, as you just mentioned. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. So that that defense like that always travels, and and I, I also think the running game, getting Duke Johnson was was, was one of the crazier storylines of, of at least the fantasy season, but also the regular season. I think it's a sneaky pickup because if you look at what what to me one of the weaknesses of the Dolphins was, it was the fact that they had Miles Gaskin and that was about it, right? They they lacked any creativity um, on the offensive side of the ball, and if you kind of give them a, a little bit of a two headed punch with Duke Johnson with Miles Gaskin. You know what? I assume maybe they're they're getting Jalen Waddle back uh, for this game. He, he probably should be back. Um, yeah. Devontae Parker. These are weapons uh, that that Tua will definitely now. Now again, caveat here: Tua can't throw any pick sixes, right? He made it closer against the Jets than needed because he was careless with the ball. Tua, take care of the ball. Just get it out to your security blanket, Mike Gesicki. Maybe we get get a big Mike Gesicki game. But he will he will have a big game. I can guarantee you that he will get in the yeah. end zone. Because you're because you're out of the fantasy playoffs. That's why. But <laughs> that, but I, truthfully, I, I I do see the Dolphins uh, being able for sure to cover that plus three. Maybe the outright win. I wouldn't rule that out one bit. I respect your pick. Now the final game of the week that we will talk about. One of the biggest ones: the Bills versus the Patriots. Bills yeah. traveling. Last time we tossed all these two teams play. I wish I didn't watch that game because that game was abysmal <laughs> to watch. It was a it was a uh, an eye scratcher. I don't even know what that means, um, but I'll give you a, a Patriots minus two and a half. They're at home. And you know what? I'm going to let you pick this one because I could really go either way on this one. Truthfully. Yeah. You know what? And this is just a, for reference. This is just a random Sunday game that we picked out. If you want us to talk about uh, who do the Jets play? Um, 
Do yeah, you want to talk about Jaguars versus Jets? Jags. You're going to All-Star, and, and probably you don't know. We aren't talking, we don't <laughs> talk about Lions, Falcons. You got the wrong guys. We're not talking about Chargers, Texans. Our premium Rams, picks. Vikings is an interesting game, Rams, Vikings, but we don't want, we don't know much about the Rams. If you, if you want to know who, who to pick in the Jets Jaguars game, you got to be a COS All Star and get the premium picks, man. We, we, we <laughs> those, are, those are the premium picks packages for the COS yeah. All Star. <laughs> well, we, we, we charge the big bucks for, for those takes. No, but truthfully, going back, going back to, to this game, Bills, Patriots, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be, I'm, 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 I'm guarding myself for this one. I am going to pick the Patriots because I'm scared to pick the Bills and look foolish again. Because I've, I've, I, I just feel like the the Bills are one of those teams that they're better in my head. And then I watch them on offense and I go, "What? What is that? Like what? what, what, what? Yeah, no, exactly. My eyes. We talk. I, I feel like the theme of this whole podcast was was bad matchups. The Bills match up terribly against the Patriots, right? We just saw what they did in that terrible weather game. The Patriots ran the ball when the Bills knew it was coming. That was absolutely embarrassing for the Bills. Now, could they come back and and, and bounce back from that performance? Absolutely. But I wouldn't bet on it simply just because the Patriots didn't ask Mac Jones to do anything in that game and still won. I feel like, you know, some short to intermediate passing game for Mac Jones will be good enough. And I I think the Patriots do do squeak this out. Being in Foxborough to me is, is the key here. I like the Patriots at home. I love, I love it. I love the pick, Logan. I love it so much. I'm gonna join you. I want to join the Patriots <laughs> minus two and a half. Why are I'm you like, like now? This? The people <laughs> might be asking Austin. We see your Jets thing in the background. Are you trying to jinx them? Absolutely not. That would I would never do that. I have integrity to the program. Yes, I'm picking the Patriots because here's a couple things I watched from them last week. Mac Jones got a little bit humbled against the Colts. They really, you yes. know, they gave him some coverages he hadn't seen, and he threw a couple picks. But what did he do? He bounced back and he kept throwing the ball and showed showed poise. And they almost still even, you know, had a chance to squeak out that game before Jonathan Taylor made the house call uh, and at the end of the fourth quarter. So you love to see that of Mac Jones. You know, he made a couple rookie mistakes, but he still kept bouncing back and still said, you know what, I'm going to keep trying, keep testing my luck. And I love him. I think he's a great quarterback already so far into the NFL. But number two, yeah, you're right. The Bills, I can't trust them. And they just lost Cole Beasley. Um, he tested positive, so he will be out this game for sure. Um, given his vaccination status, um, but he will be out. And I just don't, you know, I love Gabe Davis. I think he'll pick up the slack. Gabe Davis been getting in the end zones left and right, and hopefully he gets in again as a former UCF alumni. But I just can't trust this this Bills team. I mean, would I love to see him go in and just absolutely stomp on the Patriots? Absolutely. I'd pay good money to see that. Um, but I just can't trust them. They're a team that's just untrustworthy. This is a big game in Foxborough. It's basically for the division at this rate with only three games yeah. left. Yeah, I'll be taking the Patriots minus the points in this one. Yeah, I, I mean, in hoping that I'm wrong. It's, it's Let me true, put that in. True, true. Well, Patriots won by two, and then you're wrong, and the Patriots still won. So suck on that. But I mean, truthfully, I end it all if that happens. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, the 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 Bills. It's it's not their time yet. Belichick is is uh, quite honestly, you know, he's still a great coach. It's still still a great team team manager for this reason. I mean, he's he just he he makes these teams that are annoying to the division. I, I I would hate to be a Dolphins, Jets, or Bills fan because you just know that he's not going away. He's inevitable. There's a few th- death taxes and Bill Belichick. Those are all inevitable things. And yeah, it's it's just tough. But we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. It's one of the bigger games on Sunday. But maybe my maybe my Jets get another win. We'll see about that. Jets are favored. 
this is a fake video taking on the Jaguars. So we'll see. Um, any closing thoughts as we wrap it up and we move on to week 16 and we'll be back after this week. What are your final um, closing thoughts? I mean, I'm just, you know, being the holiday season, I'm, I'm just, you know, grateful for, for all of you loyal COS people. I, and you know, in, in particular, I'm great. I'm grateful for, for my, my uh, podcast partner, Austin, you know, you, you've done a lot to grow this Ooh. channel. <laughs> no, the tr- truthfully, it, you know, being the end of the year going into 2022, I expect really big things for calling our shot. You just mentioned, you know, where we've come from. So I think, you know, along the way, it is really nice to appreciate kind of where we've come, come from and we can't do it without you guys uh, in the community. So uh, a big shout out to you guys. And I hope everyone has a safe and healthy holiday. I agree with that. Couldn't have said it any any better. If you are celebrating Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, but happy holidays. Um, we will be back next week, so we'll have some exciting things to talk about. Maybe we'll have like a, you know, maybe we'll recap the year, a little bit short recap for the COS year since it'll be posted the 29th, and then we only have a yep. couple days till New Year's. But yes, I couldn't agree more. Logan, super thankful that you are always active and ready to go on the podcast every single week. We also have college football video going up live in, a, in less than 24 hours. That will be live on the channel. So go check out that show, Logan. Go watch blog. those videos. We'll have the <laughs> weekly live stream on Wednesday. That will be tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Hopefully to see you guys out there. Hopefully we can make a little extra coin for your Christmas goodies and gifts. Um, but I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Appreciate the call on our shot community. You guys are the absolute best. Um, and I'll see you guys in the normal videos every single day. Go check out that Logan video. And yeah, you guys are the absolute best. 17,000 subscribers on the way. And we got some big goals to accomplish next year, which we will talk about in next week's podcast. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in. This has been Austin or Logan. This has been the Call in Our Shot podcast. Go download it. Give us a good rating. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out, everybody.